Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Why don't you just turn to your neighbour and tell them how amazing looking they are. Except my wife, is she in here? Hey, it's awesome to be here. I'm, I kind of, will you just turn me down a wee bit? Be fantastic. I'm in uh, different churches every Sunday. And when uh, Pastor Glenn invited me to come here, I, was, I just get so excited. Because this is my hood. We live in Amberley. And, uh, and I just so want to partner with your 10,000 soul harvest in North, North Canterbury. And I believe that, you know, we can't do this thing by ourselves. We need, a, we need an army of believers that won't be intimidated by fear. We're going to preach the gospel and see souls saved. Just, just as I walked up, I just... It's this simple. I was in a tattoo shop. I know that might sound seem a bit strange for a Christian to be in a tattoo shop. On Friday. And I started talking to this young lady in the tattoo shop. And all I said to her was, you're an awesome mum. And she said, why did you say that? I said, I just really felt to tell you that because, you know, God lives in me. He loves you. And she started tearing up. And she said, you know, my mum told me last Friday that she hates me. And it gave me such a beautiful opportunity to share the gospel. It's that simple. Yes, I am going to Austria tomorrow. That's exciting. Can't wait. Uh, when Ben Fitzgerald invited me, I was very excited. So I went home and said to Breezy, I said, Breezy. I've been invited to go to Austria. And she said, awesome. I said, what country's Austria in? She said, don't ever tell anyone that you asked me that. <laughs> That's like saying, what country's New Zealand in? So I'm going to Vienna tomorrow to be a part of Awakening Europe, which is a uh, massive stadium event. And uh, it's just, it's ridiculous, man. Like, seriously, when you say, God, here I am, send me, he actually will. He'll use anyone. Saul of Tarsus was a murderer, like Isis. And God kind of used him quite well as well, didn't he? <clears throat> My job today, here you go. You see, Pastor Glenn's job is to comfort the disturbed. But my job today is to disturb the comfortable. <laughs> Just telling you where it's at. You see, it's a little bit like this. If I was going to the movies with my buddy here, let's go to the movies, man. Cool. Okay, we're going this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should, yeah. So we're going to the movies and we're wandering down Main, Main North Road and, and we just don't know what movie we're going to go to. Uh, John Wick. Okay, we're going to go to John Wick. We'll preach the gospel afterwards. But anyway, we're going to the movies. Wow, check that out. Yeah, what's that? That house is on fire, man. Yeah, anyway, are you... Are you going to pay for the tickets or am I? Uh, I booked them online. Organized. Let's go. Cool, man. You see, sit down. It was absolutely tragic. Yeah. <laughs> you see, the point is we see a house on fire, but we do nothing about it. Why? Because I'm not a fireman. That's not my responsibility. That house is on fire. I can hear people screaming, but I'm not a fireman. So often it can be like that with Jesus, with sharing the gospel. Well, I'm not an evangelist. It's not my gifting. It's not my calling. So that's why I don't share. That's a lie from the pit of hell. 
The job of the evangelist is to equip you, encourage you to share the gospel wherever you go. Because it's Christ in you and Christ in me, the hope of glory. God lives in us, but he wants out. Wherever we go, he wants to spill out, just like he did in the tattoo shop. He's a great verse in the Bible. We'll do a Bible verse today, I thought. Be quite good. You turn your Bibles to Mark 16, verse 15. Jesus said, Oh, I'm dyslexic. I kind of struggle with some words. Bro, what's that word there? Confident. Cool. Jesus said, Confident people go into all the world. Is that right? Check that out again. Oh, no. Pastors. Pastors, that's right. Jesus said, Pastors go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus said, extroverts, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't. I'm no longer a slave to fear, unless I'm at the supermarket. I'm no longer a slave to fear, unless I'm at the hairdressers. God wants to use you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To pray for the sick. You know, if you see someone in a mall and they're struggling, just go and help them. Just go and love on them. I had the privilege of uh, being invited in 2007-16 to Reinhard Bonnke School of Evangelism. It was seriously amazing. Like, just to bring it into a bit of context, it's, it's not a conference. It's invite only. There's only 100 seats in the room. Reinhard Bonnke had the vision to get 100 evangelists or ministers from around the world into one room, and they just pour in all week. Speakers like Reinhard Bonnke, Daniel Kalinda, Todd White, Reggie Dabbs, Nathan Morris, Paulette White. Um, oh, man, there's 16 of them. They're just amazing. These guys that are shaking the world, and we do life together for the whole week. It's amazing, invite only. So I went there and it was such a, such a powerful, life-changing event for me, man. On the Friday night, they have an encounter service. And uh, I, I was just standing on this tape and you had to stand there. And there was an evangelist beside me, American guy, Jesse. And he said to me, hey, Dad, it's an honor to die next year tonight. Look, that's full on. I'm going to die. What are you on about? And, uh, and I heard on the speakers that the, the teachers were going to come in shortly and lay their hands on us and pray for us. So we were just worshipping. And as I'm standing there, just worshipping God, kind of processing what this lunatic beside me had just said, I felt this rubbing on my chest. I didn't think it, I felt it. This is a, quite a weird story, and I think it's good, because if you've got a religious mindset, you're going to struggle with this. Mind you, if you've got a religious mindset, you're going to struggle with me full stop. <laughs> And, uh, and as I felt this rubbing, I'm thinking, what is that? I saw this beautiful little lamb, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. 
licking my chest. It was so intimate. It was so beautiful. I just fell to my knees and said, Jesus, you're so amazing. And then I saw this lion's paw with these big claws come and rip my heart out of my chest. I felt it. I screamed out. And he had my heart in his hand. And he said, this is now mine. And that changed my life. Three months later, I'm preaching at a conference, youth conference in Hamilton. And this young lady comes up to me on the Saturday night with her youth pastor. And the youth pastor says, hey, Daz, we've got this young girl. She's drawn you a picture. I went, oh, cool. What's the picture? And the young girl was going, oh, you won't like it. It's a bit silly. I was going, no, no, show me. Oh, no, but it's dumb. You won't like it. Goodness sake, just show me the picture. And she didn't want to show me the picture. So I said to her, I said, when you drew the picture, did God say anything to you? And she said, yeah, he did. I said, please, can you show me the picture? Check this out. I just burst into tears. You see, because he's got my heart, but he's also got yours. And he wants to use you to rock the world. So I've had the privilege of now doing the School of Evangelism in Florida three times. That's ridiculous in itself. You're only supposed to go once. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And this year, as I went there, I was one of the preachers, and I led the outreach into the mall. Like, serious, here I am, seeing me. He will. He will. The reason I tell you that story is because your pastors have got two seats to Reinhard Bonke's School of Evangelism. They are going to go over there and they are going to get absolutely rocked. They will actually die there and come home different. They love Jesus now for sure, but it's, it's a totally different thing that you bring back. How can I say that so confidently just because it happened to me? No, because I've taken 15, the, the second time 15, the, 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 the third time we took 18 Aussies and Kiwis and they all got absolutely annihilated. I watched Pastor Wes, my pastor, on the ground, snotball tears. He couldn't even get up because he was having such an encounter with Jesus. Your pastors are going to go. They're going to get absolutely rocked. It's going to impact the community. It's going to impact your lives. But here's the deal. It's five grand a pop to go. Flights, accommodation, uh, course fees. So you're going to have to sow into this for them. If you believe in this, and this has changed my life, to have all these men and women of God just pouring in, pouring in, pouring in for a whole week, it's time to get your checkbook out. Amen? So into it. He loves you so much. He did that for you. He did that as you. That's what love looks like. That's the gospel that we preach. That's the story that we tell that Jesus came to earth, got ripped apart on a cross, rose from the dead for us because he loves us. You see, how tragic would it be for you to give Jesus your heart and forget to give him your life? Because all he wants is all of you. And if you're feeling uncomfortable now, good. It's called conviction. Because all he wants today is all of you. The Bible says if you are lukewarm, he'll vomit you from his mouth. It's in the Bible. I'm not being mean. It actually says that. As a matter of fact, it says it's better for you to be cold than lukewarm. So go and be a party animal.
throw yourself into sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's better for you to do that than be lukewarm. Why? Because that lukewarm taste is a taste that God hates. It will vomit you from his mouth because you're a lukewarm heart. Why? Because when you're lukewarm and you see people and they're seeing your lifestyle, they're going, well, I don't want that. It's such a disgusting picture of the body of Christ to see a lukewarm Christian living a lukewarm life, holding the devil with that hand, Jesus with that hand, and thinking it's okay. All he wants is all of you. And he wants to use you in such a powerful way to rock your families, man, to rock your schools, to rock your workplaces. My question is, when were you last persecuted? the gospel. Here's what we've signed up for. The Bible says you will be hated for my name's sake. It's time to preach the gospel. And that can look so different in so many lanes. I've got a friend, Pastor Logan, He's a pastor at Elevation Church. I met him in Nigeria at Reinhardt's Farewell. Beautiful man. He told me his testimony and it just rocked me. You see, he was a drug addict, da 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 da. And one night he was sitting at his computer and just checking his emails. And this young lady had sent him an email and she said, Loads, I just want you to know that Jesus is alive and he loves you so much. He read that email, it pierced his heart. That weekend, he went to church and gave his life to Jesus. In a month's time, he's planting an elevation church in Byron Bay. It all started with a simple email. Evangelism doesn't have to look like me. Probably best it doesn't. Doing it in your own lane. Sharing with Jesus your way. It could be a post on Facebook. How amazing would it be if we stopped taking photos of cakes and cats and start putting gospel stuff on our Facebooks, our Instagram, fill them up with Jesus. Because the world is desperate for love. And he doesn't do love, he is love. I was in Cairns, I can't remember, three months ago, six months ago, a while ago, and uh, it was very hot. Gee whiz. I'd get out of the car and my glasses would fog up. So I was meeting these pastors for lunch, and uh, I'm just walking down the footpath, and, and I'm just standing and I push the button, and I'm just waiting. These two guys come and stand next to me. And I just said, hey, bro, how are you? And he goes, yeah, I'm all right. I said, well, we don't sound all right. He goes, all life, blankety-blank-blank, sucks. And I said, well, isn't it amazing that you met me today? <laughs> I just want to say I've got my mum here. She hates it when I do this. But my mum prayed me into the kingdom. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mum. God used to wake my mum up at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning when I'd be drunk in a gutter somewhere for her to pray for her son. So good, eh? Well, I'd rather have ISIS chase me than a praying mum. <laughs> so I'm sharing, I'm sharing with these guys. And, uh, and we're walking across the road. We get to the restaurant where I'm supposed to meet the pastors. And uh, we sit down outside. And I just started sharing my heart. I started tearing up. You see, that all started with a, hey, mate, how you going? I didn't stand there and start singing psalms at them. I just said, hey, how are you? Fast forward 15 minutes. 
young man's bawling his eyes out, showing me all the cuts where he tried to take his life. He gives his life to Jesus. I explain what born again is. I explain the gospel. He just opens his heart and says, man, I want this, guys. Prayed for him there. People were walking past. We're both crying. I'm hugging them, and they're taking photos of us. It's amazing. I hope they posted it. It was awesome. But I got a phone call that afternoon from this young man. He said, hey, would you baptize me? I said, bro, I'd love to baptize you. Let's baptize you after service on Sunday. Check this photo out. That all started with a, hey, mate, how you going? We can all say that. We can all say, hi, how are you? Started with a, hey, mate, how you going? But you see, what is so beautiful about this story is that same afternoon, his girlfriend contacted me. And she said, hey, Daz, would you baptize me as well? And I said, are you a Christian? And she said, no. I said, I'd love to. That's amazing. Check it out. You see, that photo there, Lissy, is at that moment leading her to Christ. Two or three minutes after that photo gets, got taken, we drowned her. Amazing. They had such an encounter with God. But that started on a street corner. Hey, mate, how are you? How are you doing? What's so beautiful about this story is that day, let's have a look at that other photo. Yep. That day, the whole family, eight of them got born again and baptized. A whole family got rocked. Yeah, come on, Jesus. A whole family got rocked with the gospel because they met this amazing preacher, you see. They met this amazing evangelist, you see. They met one of Todd White's friends, you see. No. They just met a normal Christian that was walking into a restaurant to meet some people. And all I said was, hey, mate, how are you going? Now, the whole family's been impacted with the gospel. The church, the church has, has gathered around that whole family, and they pick them up and bring them to church in a minivan. They send food parcels to the family. It's just the whole body working together. It's amazing, man. Praise God. I, uh, I'm just going to share one last story. I was in Perth a while ago, and, uh, and we were doing an outreach. I don't actually like outreach, by the way. Um, as a matter of fact, I hate it. But I'll tell you why I say that. I'm very strong on my view on outreach, because I've seen too often that we can do outreach from 7 to 9 on a Friday night, and that ticks the outreach box for the week. I'm not into that at all. What if we are the outreach? What if every day when we wake up, we're on outreach? And just want to just say this. I just kind of felt this now. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You see, because if you think I'm a sinner saved by grace, you'll go to bed at night thinking you're a sinner saved by grace. You'll wake up in the morning a sinner saved by grace. But if you get a hold of that you're a son and you're a daughter, you are the righteousness of Christ right standing before him. You can go to bed at night just with your arms over and go, Jesus, thank you. 
We don't have to do anything to try and make him love us anymore. He loves us just where we're at right now. But all he wants is all of you. So I was leading this outreach. And I make it very clear when I'm leading training and leading outreaches that what we do tonight must be done on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Don't do anything tonight that you won't do on Monday because then it can be part of your lifestyle. You can just share Jesus in your lane just the way you do. Then it's not weird. Seriously, we need to get weird out of the church. We don't need to be wandering around with our Bibles. It's good to read them, though. Sometimes we can read a lot of books about the Bible without actually spending time with the author. Anyway, so I said to this young lady, I said, hey, where are we going to go tonight? Because I didn't know Perth at all. And she said, oh, I want to go outside the pub. I went, yes, let's go outside the pub. So we wandered down to the pub, and uh, as I walked in, I heard Holy Ghost so clearly say, you're going in for one. You see, it's not a gift to hear God's voice. I'll say that again. It is not a gift to hear God's voice. We are sons and daughters. God speaks all the time. The thing is, sometimes we just need to turn our devices off, turn the TV off, and spend some time with Him. Because He speaks. So often for me, it's I'll be in a situation, and I will just know God's thoughts for the person. It's amazing. And I just share, and God moves. It's powerful, and it's not weird. I have done some weird things, though. They didn't, they didn't go so good. So we go in and, and I see a karaoke set up in the pub. I think, wow, this is amazing, karaoke. That's like a microphone in a bar. That's pretty cool if you're a preacher. So I thought, well, I better do this right. So I went and found the manager. And I said, hey, bro, I'm Daz. I said, is it cool if I get on the microphone and have a bit of a... Um, And he said, you have a what? I said, have a preach, talk about Jesus. He goes, yeah, yeah, that'd be a good idea. I said, really? Seriously? And he goes, yeah, yeah, go for it. Just go and tell them that I said it's all good. So I said, wow, cool. So I got up and grabbed the microphone and I, I just shared about Jesus. I shared my story. It was awesome, man. In this bar, there was people standing with their handles of beer, full-blown stunned mullets. Then my friend got up. And he sang Amazing Grace, most beautiful worship leader. He's just an incredible voice. He sings Amazing Grace. Holy Ghost is just sweeping through this bar. It's incredible. And then as we walked out, I felt a tap on my shoulder. I turned around. It's this young lady. She said, I so needed to hear that tonight. And I said, yeah, you did. We came in just for you. Fast forward 15 minutes. She's on her knees outside the pub, rededicating her life. Jesus. Normal Christianity. But you may be going, yeah, Daz, whatever, mate. Did that really happen? Check the video out. <laughs> you see, that is not a picture of evangelism. That is a picture of normal Christianity. And you see, what's so amazing about that is She's been struggling with alcoholism her whole life since a little girl. And she was in that bar that night drinking sodas, thinking to herself, 
why aren't I eating on the wines tonight? You see, she tasted a new wine that totally changed her life, man. I was talking to her a week ago, and she said, Dares, I can't believe how free I am. that one person that's in front of you. For God so loved the world. He didn't just love the world. He so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And if you believe in Him, you won't perish. You will have eternal life. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 